What the hell is that? Ash barked, startled. I looked up and down the street from where I was standing at the Goodwin house, and then, across from us, I saw a little boy appear. He was maybe five, six, and when he came flying around the side of the house, the high-pitched wail coming out of him registered. I heard a lot of that when I served in Afghanistan. He was terrified. The scream he was making, the panicked keening, sounded like a wounded animal. I knew the noise. I'd made it myself once upon a time. I charged toward him and he met me halfway, clawed at my shirt, eyes huge, hyperventilating, still shrieking. There was no choice, I shook him hard. Who's hurt? I asked, because that was all it could be. He wasn't scared for himself, but for another. I knew that look too. He pointed back from where he'd come. After shoving him at Ash, I bolted, retracing his path, flying around the two-story A-frame, through the still-open gate, and into the backyard where the pool was. I saw a boy at the bottom of six feet of water. I never stopped, didn't slow, just dove in, hit the heated water, and used every drop of power in me to get to him and get him to the surface as fast as I could. It took only seconds, but I had no idea how long he'd been down there. They taught survival skills in the military, and it always surprised me how often I'd used them to help others instead of myself over the years. In that moment, I was tremendously thankful I'd learned CPR from a sergeant who was not only meticulous, but thorough as well. I didn't just know adult procedures, but how to help infants, toddlers, and every size of kid in between. I recalled the steps, turned him sideways, got rid of some water, pressed, pushed, and then breathed air into him. Peripherally, I heard the screaming like a siren, climbing, getting bigger, louder. Then I heard Ash's soothing voice and noted the decibel level lowering as the little boy responded to the gentle coaxing in Ash's tone. The stillness soothed me, too, and seconds later, when chlorine-scented water spit up all over my face, I choked on my own sob of relief. I heard Ash comforting the little boy. See, buddy, I told you, everything's going to be just fine. The one I'd gone in for spluttered out more water, and I smiled down at him as his eyes fluttered open. The other boy, smaller, scrambled over to me, landing hard against my chest as I sank back on my haunches and clutched him tight. Bran! The boy clinging to my chest whispered. The one I had just given CPR to rolled his head, glanced from me to the little boy, and then back to me. What happened? You fell off the platform and hit your head he responded, voice shaky. He absorbed that, and then looked back at me before he tried to sit up. No, 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 I pacified. Just stay put until the ambulance gets here, all right? He winced. Please don't call an ambulance. My dad'll kill me if he finds out. The boy in my arms started to cry as he buried his face in the hollow of my throat. Apparently, with death-averted parental fear was now a very real thing. I turned to look at Ash, who leaned in close and put an arm around my shoulders as I started to shiver with the ebb of adrenaline and the cold grip of fear. It's okay, he whispered, pushing my hair back from my face. You did great. You were amazing Superman in the flesh. I smiled even as my eyes filled. Facing death, or the possibility of it in any way, never ceased to gut me. Once I knew what it was like to actually have people die in my arms, to know that anyone could be lost at any time, there was no taking anything for granted. 
I hadn't been certain I could save him when I dived in, and now, with my adrenaline dissipating, I was vulnerable. I hid my face in Ash's shoulder so the kids wouldn't see me weep. After a few moments, he wiped my tears away, giving me his body heat, kissing the little boy's head when he left my arms and wriggled back into the warm cocoon of Ash's lap. Ash's ability to comfort both of us at the same time, even as he gave directions over the phone to the 911 operator, struck me as impressive under pressure. His smile when he noticed me staring was gentle now. I'm ready for dinner now, I told him. He nodded, smiling at me in complete understanding. So, I sighed, turning back to the boy lying on the stamped concrete, staring up at me with wide eyes. What's your name? Bran Thayer, he told me. My dad is Mitch Thayer. Of course he was. <laughs>